Welcome to the podcast of Revival Fires. This week's message is by Anne Tate and called Children of the Champion. This Saturday, the 1st of October, we are starting the first of our monthly healing encounter meetings. Join us from 4 to 6 p.m. Bring the sick and anyone needing the life-changing touch from God. Visit our website www.revivalfires.org.uk for full details. Well, I'm glad to be here. Y'all all have shining faces tonight. God is with you. I praise God for it. Lisa and I, this is Lisa Lyons, and she's one of the prayer leaders at Glory of Zion. She does many wonderful things. She is a minister in her own right, and I appreciate her coming with me and accompanying me as we've moved through England and uh, all of the UK. Uh, we have had an amazing journey. We started out with Jenny and Steve for Touch Point for the weekend. Some of you were there. And then uh, we went to London to go to uh, the Churchill War Rooms. And tonight, when I was preparing and I was asking the Lord about one of the things to speak about tonight or how he wanted me to move, he asked me, uh, what was the Jewish year, the Hebrew year, in 1939? Because when we were in the war rooms, that's when... He made the war rooms ready, and they began to occupy him because he knew war was coming. And it was the year 5699, and the next year was a complete change of paradigm for England, for the United States, and for the rest of the world. And so it turned to 5700. And we are in, next year for us, it's going to be 5777. And that's the year, Chuck has said, it's the year of the ruling sword. And when you've got, because sevens in the Hebrew are swords. They're pictures of swords. And Israel, the war before Israel was born was in 1947. And that was when the swords began to clash for Israel to be created. And so uh, as we were looking at that, I know Trevor and um, Jenny Watson are both going to bring words at head of the year at Glory of Zion. And I've really been meditating in since I've been here because when you have three swords aligned, I thought it'll be 2,000 years before we have a greater season of alignment and completion and perfection. That is the greatest gate we're going to go through for a while. And we really need to pay attention because uh, (laughs) this pastor in Ireland asked me, he said, what do you think about next year? And I said, well, it's three swords aligned. You tell me. And he said, oh, (laughs) because it is very sobering to begin to move into that. But we have a champion. We are the 
we are the children of a champion. And everything depends on us being able to apprehend and hold up and to get inside that champion. And for that champion to live inside of us. For us to be overcomers, to be victorious, and to move forward no matter what's going on. And the way you do that, some of the old ones here will tell you the way you do that is whenever the fire gets hot, you press into the Lord. And you just keep pressing till you come out winning. And there is no other way to come out. Winning or dead. Those are your two choices. (laughs) I'm coming out winning. How about you? Yes. So uh, we want to think about that. But at the same time, Chuck has said... That our identity has to shift by the time head of the year comes. So I've been working with the people that are aligned with us, like Trevor. I've written all of them and and asked them for an update on how things are going in their realm. Because we have people that do things in different realms. They're not all pulpit ministers that are not all missionaries they are people that do mighty exploits in other realms as well and we have gotten some of the most amazing testimonies back from what people are seeing to do and the way they're moving forward and what kind of growth that they've experienced and how they have moved forward in a new way in this last year since last head of the year and so uh Chuck said that by the time that head of the year comes, you have to be in your new identity. So I want us to be sure that we don't look too far ahead to the new year and skip over all that we can gather up between now and then. Because I want my identity to be as complete as it can be so that I'm hearing the Lord about the new portion he has for me and how he's going to move me forward every day. And as I've gone through the UK in this last two weeks, I have seen changes in myself and I've seen changes in those around me because the Lord was pressing us into a new place and causing us to come into new situations with new Um, new things going on and having to hold on to the Lord so that you know how to move forward so that you overcome in that situation so you don't unravel like a cheap sweater when something happens because we can't do that we have to hold on to the Lord and hear what he's saying in the hottest moment Because we need what he has for this. But here's what the devil doesn't know. The devil doesn't know the more adversity you give one of us, the stronger we get, the better we move, the more we know, the more we experience of God, and the more grace he gives us, and the more fire he puts on us, and the more he awakens the anointings that he's placed in us. The devil doesn't know that. If he did, he'd quit. Because... It, it's not good for him. But the more adversity we, affa- we face, <coughs> the greater overcoming we do. <coughs> so, one night while I've been in the UK, I saw <coughs> the Lord. And we meet many times, we meet in a cave. <coughs> And I was in, suddenly, 
I was in this cave. And in that cave, he's light. I can make out his features, but there's a big stone there, huge stone. And sometimes there are others there. Sometimes it's just me. But this time, it was just me. And he was pulling out these dusty uh, architectural plans. And he was opening them up <coughs> and spreading them out on, the, uh, on that big table. Trevor and I have the episodes that is passing. <laughs> but he was rolling these plans out on this big stone that was not cut with hands. And he was rolling them out, and he had plans. He said, I have plans for them. And he's got things that he's going to accomplish in this next season. Because when there is a war season that comes, when there is a judgment season where he's putting his foot down where he's saying how he feels where he's doing certain things he does that because he has got something or else he wants to bring in there is an increase that he's making a place for there's an increase that he's making a way for it to come to you there are things coming toward you that you have never seen before now is not the time to give up Now is the time to press in because there are other things for you. You're not at the end of where you're going. You're just in a middle section. You're just in the place where you're about to understand some things that you've never seen are really understood before. You're going to be able to apprehend things in the spirit. And as he drops them down, you're going to see him in a new way. This morning, we were having breakfast and we were talking to these two women from Scotland, and uh, we were in Livingston last night. And this morning we were having breakfast, and we were talking about that, and the Lord told me I was a church planter, that I planted churches out of which kingdom would come. He has never told me I was a church planter before. And it's not a church planter like you see churches being planted. But I had had a dream this morning And I woke up, and Lisa, I get to preach to her, and she gets to listen. (laughs) It's a mixed blessing, I'm sure, for Lisa. But this morning, I woke up, and I was so mad, I could have gone bear hunting with a switch. Because I was so mad, I was at my house, and I'd been gone. And I came to my house... And there were about 40 workmen there. And they were, it was, there were these big stones on the house, on the outside. And they were moving, they were redoing and reorganizing and remaking my house according to what they wanted to do. And I said, who told, where is the one in charge? And the man said, well, I'm going to Chicago. And I said, who is doing this? Who gave you permission to do this to my house? I am fired up. I am so mad. 
And I said, who told you you could do this? Did my husband say you could? Well, my husband's dead. A dead man could not have given permission for them to tear up my house. And he wouldn't have. He'd have been dead again. <laughs> but the stones were being removed and they were redoing it. And I said, who told you you could do that? And so th they were just talking over me and they were just doing what they wanted to. And when I woke up, I was so mad. I said, I am so mad. And I'm telling Lisa what I saw. And she said, I see you're mad. And I said, I mean, they made me so mad because they would not listen to me. And it wasn't their house. And so in a minute, we're getting dressed. And I thought, that is how the Lord feels. When anybody and everybody comes around and builds whatever they want to. But not what he called for. And it's his house we're building. And so as I thought about that, because we've been going throughout the British Isles and we're working with people like Trevor and Sharon that are building an apostolic paradigm. They're pressing out the fullness of that paradigm. They're believing that people's gifts are going to be developed and they're going to be useful in the ministry. They're going to be useful to God. They're going to be able to operate in what God, the gifts that God has planted in them. He believes they're going to, they're going to be raised up until they're sent out. Until they are uh, sent to do a work. Till they're sent to be deployed by God and by the apostolic paradigm to enlarge the tent. To enlarge the place of his habitation. Yeah. To bring forth kingdom. You cannot bring forth kingdom. Lest, you, lest it come out of the church. And we are the church. We have to build a church. That has the glory of kingdom in it. That has the glory of kingdom in its people. That's healing. That's deliverance. That's believing the best. That's being victorious and overcoming. That is not being overcome by every wind of everything that comes back. It is overcoming and backing the devil off and saying, oh no, this is my territory. You're not having it. This is his house. And you're not rebuilding it. You are going to help us execute the building of the house Jesus died for. Yeah. So this is the season that we're beginning to look at that in a new way. So we're getting our attitude on before the new year. Because we used to be run over. We're not run over anymore. We are not the same one they left lying on the floor last season. We've stood up. We know who we are. We know who we belong to. We know what he's got in us. We know who he is. And we know that he's greater than anyone else. He is the great God. He is the Lord God Almighty. He is the healer. He is the one who is the healer. He is the deliverer. He is our deliverer in every situation. Anybody can need deliverance and everybody can have it. If you know who the deliverer is. So this is a season that we are going to see the Lord roll out his plans and his blueprints. And he's going to set about doing some things. And church is not going to be the same old, same old. And you're not going to be the same pew sitter you were last year. You're going to be 
part of the army of God because it takes an army to overcome an army. It takes a structure to overcome a structure. It takes an apostolic structure will overcome every other structure. It will overcome Islam. It'll overcome Hinduism. It'll over, overcome everything that you face. The apostolic structure is the structure that Jesus died for and gave gifts to men. So, in this season, we are looking at how we can be increased by the Spirit of God. And I'll tell you, the new pastor, not the old pastor, the new pastor who prophesies, who hears God say... And moves in that. And is inspired in the way he's working with the people. And he's hearing the apostle. And he's moving in the same paradigm the whole structure is moving in. He's getting his information about how our hearts are. How our hearts align in this place to move into what God has called us to do. Because it takes a company. We're going to do something corporately that we've never done before because we've never had the corporate strength before. We've never known what each other's gifts were that we could depend on in them, that we could relate, that we could say, oh, this one always has joy. They always speak joy. They always live in the realm of joy. They have apprehended the joy of the Lord Jesus Christ and of being in his camp. They know what that means and they begin to move in that. There are gifts that he has given to us as he wills. And we have to, the hardest thing for the body of Christ to do is sit patiently and wait until it's time for their gift to be released. To stay engaged, stay encouraged, staying in place. Not leaving a gap, but staying where you're supposed to stay to bring forth the portion that you have. It's like in a symphony. Somebody has to bring forth a C. Somebody has to bring forth an A. You have to bring forth the sound that God has planted in you from time to time. And it's like he is singing a symphony through us as we do. As we begin to bring forth that portion that God has freely, I have received And freely I give. And not one person is more important than the other. What's important is who's got the next piece to do the next thing so that we move forward and do what God has called us to do. And what he's charging us with corporately. How can we stay encouraged? How can I keep my words flowing in such a way that you are encouraged and strengthened every time you have an encounter with me? That's what I'm interested in. I'm not interested in pulling people down or or, uh, pointing out faults. People need you to believe in them. They need you to say, I believe in you. I see that there is something in you of value. Chuck encourages us while we're on our way. He has never let us be gone for two and a half weeks before. This is the first time. And we're grateful because we had much to do. And while we've been gone, he has sent us encouraging words along the way. As busy as he, as he is and as many things as he has to do. And as easy as what we're doing would be for him. 
it's not as easy for us. And he knows that. So he encourages us as we go. And it causes us to press into what the Lord wants. To try to hear how we can move in the way the Lord would have us move as we're moving among you. Because we do lasting works. I didn't do the first work. I won't do the last work. But I have to move in such a way that the work that I move in when I'm here holds, is true, and is uh, measured and right so that it doesn't have to be broken up and dug up. And so as we've been moving through the U.K., we have loved feeling like we belong here. And in Churchill's war rooms, we saw the new season because in, in there, he knew he was a watchman. I'm a watchman. And I can see that a new season is coming. I can feel it in here. And I can feel that we're a lot more ready for it this year than we've ever been before. And I'm grateful for that. But I know that there are going to be many challenges as this comes forth. But he took those rooms when he knew that the war was coming. He was looking out over Europe and he could see what was happening. And he said, I believe that all men are worms, but I believe I'm a glow worm. (laughs) So he had a sense of humor about everything he was doing. And in those rooms, he brought everything that was important for him to see and understand and nothing that wasn't and he focused on what his mission was and thank God he did what a champion he is of the British people he is an amazing he was an amazing statesman and he said those that are able to win the war help me Lisa those that are able to win the war are uh, don't do well in peace, would not be able to administrate the peace. And that's the truth. I was born and made for war because the enemy does not give up ground easily. And so as we pray, as we minister, as we do what we do, at Gloria Zion, we, we pray apostolically and prophetically, just like every other portion of the ministry, because we are a fivefold, having a fivefold uh, wine skin. And what that means is a, a pastor. In the old sense of that word, the pastor can never shift anything. Our prayers depend on us being able to shift what is happening. To hear what God is saying. To uh, stand with him in it. When he says he can do something to believe him and to call call that forth. Call out. And, and, and shift the atmosphere until the atmosphere agrees with what he says. And when the atmosphere agrees 
and healing begins to take place, our deliverance begins to come in an environment, in a in an atmosphere, then you have listened, you have heard God, and you have been a partner with him in saying what he wanted to say, in executing his plan for the moment. And so we have to hear in the moment what he wants to happen and how he wants to move forward in it. Amen? So we have to have a relationship with the Lord where we are regularly hearing him say, whatever. Where he is saying, I want you to go to the street called straight. I want you to go here and do this. I want you to pray concerning this thing like this. I want you to move in alignment with this person. I want you to help this other person come forth in a way that they've never been able to. I want you to encourage them and I want you to tell them that they have this gift. That they're called in this way. That they have an anointing to move like this. I want you to call the moment when you're together and say, I believe what the Lord is saying in this atmosphere is that we should move like this. And so when you do that, and it's not, it's not just me, but we have a company of people now who are leaders who have, have apprehended the Lord in such an extent that they can bring forth prayer that will keep us moving in a forward motion so that discouragement does not rule in our atmosphere, so that uh, fear and cowardice does not rule in our atmosphere. People are willing, are able to say where they really are. They're authentic. We are authentic in our house about who we are and where we are, and where our struggles are, but you can count on somebody to call you up and say, well, I hear what the the devil's trying to do, so here's how we're going to move with that. And we're going to break the power of it. In Romans 11, 26, the Lord says, And so all Israel will be saved as it is written. The deliverer will come out of Zion and he will turn away ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. He has a covenant with us. He has a covenant for us to be healed. He has a covenant with us to be set free. He has a, he, our deliverer is coming. Our deliverer is coming, and he can come right now in the moment when you need the deliverance. Uh, They sang that song, uh, Hillsong was on uh, one of the network morning shows in the United States, and they sang Oceans, and the anointing fell in uh, the studio, and Coda started crying, and so did Kathy, Kathy Lee Gifford, Kathy Lee Gifford. She started crying, too, and she graduated from ORU. And it called her back to the presence of God. 
And in a moment, the Lord can do what he wants to, where he wants to do it. He can do it in a TV studio in New York City at 8 o'clock on some morning. And the anointing can fall and it be demonstrated to thousands and thousands and thousands of people. Because they had a vision. They heard God when they wrote the song. The Lord opened a a door and made a plan for them to go. And they went and they believed God for the anointing to fall when they got there. They stood up in who they were and who they served. And God moved. And if we do the same thing, he'll do the same thing. So tonight, I wanted to encourage you with what the Lord had said about the English people. And every person that is here in the British Isles, their gift was called here by God to assist to accomplish, and to bring forth. So if you were not born here, and you're not English by culture, that does not mean your gift wasn't called for here. At Gloria Zion, and I know Trevor and Sharon do the same thing, we work with every vessel that comes, and we assume that vessel was sent by God. Because... It is for his glory. He will do a thing. And he will bring people together to increase all of us. Now, even the, even the Islam that's come in, in the end, that will be a blessing if we refuse to have anything but the blessing of God. And I'm not having anything but the blessing of God. I'm not missing a blessing he has for me. In Ephesians 2 it says, For he himself is our peace who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh flesh the enmity that is the law of commandments contained in ordinances, So as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace. And that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, therefore putting to death the enmity. And he came and preached peace to you who are far off and to those who were near. For through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father. Now, there are people here that are not in full-time ministry, but they have a gift of healing. And the gift is this. You take your hand and you put it on somebody and you say, Jesus, heal them. But you're bold to do that when someone is sick. You're not fearful. You don't make a big deal out of it. You don't make it a big thing. I have prayed for people in restaurants I have prayed for people in bathrooms. I've prayed for people all over the world who did not know I was a minister, but they were sick. And I just took my hand and I said, can I pray for you? And I have never, ever been refused. If you will use what you have, the Lord will increase it. 
If you'll be faithful to move in what you have, he will increase it. I sowed a seed tonight because I want the prophetic word. I want to be able to prophesy and bring forth what God is saying in this season. And the Lord is saying over you as a body that he is taking you into a new, deeper, richer, fuller place. That the revival fires that you have had are only going to increase. That he is preparing you for some great things that you're going to do both here and in the other places that you go. That you have been bought with a price. That you've been called here for a purpose. And as you allow the Lord to move you forward and to increase you and to step you up, to understand, to mature you in new ways so that you are walking in the fullness of what God put in you. Not what you think you ought to walk, walk in, but what God put in you. I find that most of us have smaller ideas of who we are than what God believes about us. He sees you doing mighty exploits. He believes that he has already planted in you what is necessary for you to do that. Now, if you don't talk yourself out of it, or refuse to let yourself do it, you will do it. If you just begin to believe what he says about you, he says that you are the light of the world, that you are the salt of the earth, that you've been called with a purpose, that, you, that he has a plan for your life, that he has things for you to do, places for you to go, people for you to meet, prophecies to speak, things to speak out to other people to encourage and strengthen them outside the church, to be fearless in moving in what he's calling you to say and to do, being fearless so that you are looking at how this other person is trapped in their own fears, how they don't know how to move out of it. If you ask him for wisdom, he will give you wisdom, and you'll know how to speak and how to call forth and how to bring forth. The English people have a great heritage of words. Churchill said, words are the most important thing. You just need one word from God. You just need one word from God. If you get one word from God, you can rule the universe. It's the word that you need at the moment that you need it. And if you ask the Lord, stand there and just say, Lord, give me something for this waiter. Give me something for this child. I picked up a, a young man one day. He was walking down the side of the road and he had a guitar, and it was one of those real fancy electric guitars. <laughs> but he, he is in the middle of nowhere, and he's walking down the road, and he's got that guitar. And I stopped, and I said, son, you need a ride? And he said, yes, ma'am, I do. <laughs> I said, are you going home? He said, not straight home. <laughs> and I knew he was a long way from home. And I said, have, have you ever met the Lord? Do you know who the Lord is? He said, well, yeah, I went to Sunday school. And I said, no, I think you're, you're in a place where you're going to need more of that. 
than you've ever had. And he started crying in the car. And I asked him where he was going. And I bought him a bus ticket so he could get straight home instead of trying to make his own way home. But he came to Jesus. And it was just an opportunity that the Lord gave me to lead that child. And, you know, I was in a place where I had a child that needed that seed that I sowed that day to be multiplied back to him. And the Lord gave it to me. See, you never know when you sow a seed how it's going to come out and what the Lord is going to do with it. At Glory of Zion, when we go through, we go through uh, seasons where, and we all, we, we like to pray every day. We don't always, but if we don't, we're looking at how we can make this an everyday thing in whatever we're doing. And so um, we, when we're going through seasons and we feel we've got to pull ourselves to head of the year, that we've got to shift into what God has called us to, then Chuck and me, most of us are asking the Lord, okay, what kind of, of uh, prayer thrust do we need to bring us to that place where we've collected everything on this trail of the last year to get there? And what do we need to do? And how do we need to do it? And so we'll, the Lord will tell, he'll give us, like last year we did, the names of God. One time we counted the Omer. We named a state and a nation every day for 50 days. And it has built strength in us. We've made place in our life for it. We've made time for it because it shows up in the atmosphere. When we do it. So we did this summer. We went Daniel. And then we went through Zechariah. And we, we continued to go. Because Zechariah. We've discovered. Zechariah was in the same place. The United States of America was. And we keep pulling ourselves toward that. Saying Lord. I know you work with a remnant. We're that remnant. Please work with us. Show us how to move forward in this so you can turn our nation, so that you can make a difference in our nation, so that he'll be released, so that he is released in a greater measure, so that healing can capture Islam, so that uh, the salvations can come because they're having dreams of the Lord Jesus Christ. They're meeting him in their dreams, and he is real to them. And we're asking the Lord for those things because we know we are lost but God. The only way we are going to survive in the United States of America is if the Lord in his grace and his mercy shows us a way through it. That is the only way any of us are going to survive in our nations because we built that house that I had in that dream this morning. We've built the church however we wanted to do it. Each man doing what seemed good to him. Instead of on the foundation that Jesus laid. 
on the blood of the Lamb. And by us not loving our lives even unto the death. And so this is a season where we are committed to moving forward in a way that blesses the Lord. That brings forth fruit for the harvest. And that causes us to grow every day. Into As long as you're taking up air and you're living here, you want to move forward with the Lord. I, I want every day of my destiny. I want you to have every day of your destiny. I want you to do everything that you've been called by God to do. If you're called by God to go to the United States and be a missionary, we sure need them. (laughs) I know they've been to Arizona and they loved it. (laughs) But we want every person to fall into the place on purpose that they were called to be in and to do what God has called them to do. And so I want you to stand up now, and we're going to pray over you. And we're going to ask the Lord, Lisa, come up, and if you have anything, we want to prophesy over you. And in this new year, the Lord says that he is coming to you in great strength and great power. And he's going to encourage you and strengthen you day by day. As you open your heart to a greater extent and ask him to fill you with his purposes and his desires and his uh, directives, as he shows you how to move and you're obedient to do that, he's going to cause fruit to abound. He's going to begin to show you how you are a minister for him. He's going to begin to build that that uh, identity in you so that you are confident that when you're moving in your sphere that you are speaking. I used to work at a, a place and people would bring me all their prayer requests and they would shove them under my door. They would put them in my mail. They would, all these people in this plant would bring me their prayer requests because they knew I prayed. Wherever you're working, you can do that. You can be known As a person who prays, who cares about the outcome of their challenges. Lord, I thank you that this is the year that they're going to stand up tall in a way that they never have before. That they're reaching for that taller place in their identity with you. Where you're speaking into them and you're pulling them up. And you're opening their eyes to see opportunities that they've never seen before. That their ears are open to hear when people are in need, when they're needing a portion of the Lord that they have. I thank you, Lord, that they're opening the word and the word is speaking to them in new and important ways this year. That they're beginning to receive revelation. That no one is standing in the pulpit speaking to them. But they are apprehending out of their time with the Lord. That when they come together corporately, they can be counted on to be a full partner in that corporate gathering. That they're bringing forth the works of God. That they're calling for the Spirit of God in their daily life. They're praising. They're worshiping God and causing the atmosphere where they work to shift. And to change. They're causing the atmosphere of their families to shift and to change. They are praying and calling the prodigals home with the authority of a parent 
or a grandparent or a sister or a brother saying this is not acceptable. It will not continue. Lord, send them back home. I thank you, Lord, that we're commanding the atmosphere, that we're not waiting on it to change, that we have worship that we're sending out before. We are a praise in the earth. We are a praise in the earth. We are a praise in the earth. And the Lord God himself made us. Who is greater than God? And I was asking the Lord about tonight and about a word. And he reminded me, we we have some folks that have been praying for us on the trip, Susan Shawless and Elaine Priestley. And we got a text from Susan this morning, and she said, we were praying for you all and praying for tonight, and we got the word thrusters. And so as I was asking the Lord, he said, just just go back to that word and prophesy that word into him. So we are decreeing that word thrusters in this place. And the Lord says in this season, some of you, he's going to thrust into some new situations and some new circumstances. And God says they're going to be perhaps a little bit uncomfortable for you. But the Lord says, I have put peculiarities in you, in your personality, in your giftings. God says, look to your peculiarities as I thrust you into those new situations. God says, for I'm going to cause them to rise to the surface. And those are the things that are unique about you that are going to cause your gifting to bring you forward and bring you before uh, great men in your situations, in uh, social situations, in your job situations, in whatever situations you encounter. And the Lord says to this body, too, that even as a rocket has different stages of thrusters, he said that that the, the thrusters from the past season have risen to a certain uh, altitude, but God says it's now time for new thrusters to engage and to come into place because what's going to happen if they don't is you're just going to kind of float in orbit. And the Lord says, I have places for you to go and things to happen. God has his hand on this body. He has a call on each and every one of you and you are critical and you are unique in your giftings. So the Lord says, listen for my thrusters and watch and see how they need to to, uh, to be engaged to send you forward into the next phase of where I'm sending you, of what I'm blasting you off into, of the space and the time that I want, uh, I want you to engage me in in your faith. Now the Lord sent Lisa, uh, Chuck, he was prophesying over us before he sent us out. And he sent us out in Jeremiah 1. And so uh, Jeremiah 1 is a very militant kind of a scripture because it says you will pluck up and you will plant. And so in this season, I'm planting words of agreement in you. Words that agree with your destiny, not words that agree with your defeat. I'm planting words in you that say you can do whatever God has called you to do. I am planting words in you that are not discouraging. You are not going to be discouraged. We say that you are a people full of courage. That your courage will overcome. You will have the courage in the face of fire to hear God say and to release that in your situation. You'll be able to stand up and say, oh no, that is not what God is saying today. Or if someone comes and tries to invade you with their atmosphere, you say, oh no, 
That is not coming into my atmosphere. I have a God that's bigger than that. I have a God that knows better than that. He is the great God. He is the Lord God Almighty. He's got a plan and a purpose for this people in the name of Jesus. Amen.